Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Heart to Talk, the podcast. I'm Teresa Seas, your host. Welcome to episode six. You cannot always control what goes on outside, but you can always control what goes on inside. Wayne Dyer. Today's guest, Maricela Montiel, is a prime example of this quote. She will share how her life changed dramatically due to Venezuela's political crisis. Her family and friends all fled the country. She was left alone. The only escape she had was the theater where she enjoyed acting. She felt extremely victimized as her surroundings only reflected poverty and violence. Then she started to change her attitude and realized how much she had that she didn't need to be alive. She met new friends, fell in love, and ultimately found happiness. She described the crisis as an opportunity to rebuild herself. I bring to you my conversation with the Venezuelan yoga instructor. Hello, Maricela de Venezuela. Welcome to my podcast. Hi, Teresa. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here with you. The honor's mine. I'm so ha- lucky to have met you through Captivate. You are an instructor, and I actually just got done with an incredible yoga class with you, breathing. So from the surface, you're this beautiful, talented instructor. I know you did some theatrical acting, but I'm just so curious and would love to know the story, the layers underneath. You know, uh, you are from Venezuela, and we know that a few years back, there was some big political changes that affected millions of people. How did that um, affect you? And if you can share your story, I know that was a loaded question, but you can just kind of share with us. It is it is kind of funny because every time that I say that I am from Venezuela, it's like, oh, how is like to be there? Some people really <laughs> admire the government, some people really hate the government, some people are really just curious. So it's always a topic, it's an icebreaker, like, tell me more, and I know. Well, and yeah, because I-, I know that even meeting you, I thought, oh my gosh, she lives there, people can live there and do like stuff, you know? Yeah. We have these preconceived, I guess, ideas, you know? There is a lot of controversial and uh, some prejudice, but yes, it's a country and we live here and we do our lives here, more or less. And we have been through a lot of, well, all Latin America, I think. We have been from Mexico down to La Patagonia. We are all very unstable countries, unstable economy, unstable um, governments. So in the case of Venezuela, it's very like, it's a very good example of that because it has reached a high peak on this crisis, social, economical, and political crisis. Um, Ever since I was, I don't know, 11 or 10 years, this socialist, called socialist, I don't know if it was socialism actually, uh, president came and whether you like the guy or not, we had good times with him, economical times. And um, I had a good life. Like, I can say I have a four-star life. Not five, but four, that is a lot. I travel a lot. I went to the university, all my brothers went. We had, like, a big house in the city and another apartment and a house in the beach and three cars and, you know, good life. Yeah, that sounds great. A lot of of people 
had that opportunity, even though uh, we had a lot of social disrupts, riots, but that is also, once again, very normal, at, at least in this country. You look backwards in the 90s and in the 80s and in the 70s and the 60s and the 50s, there is always something going on. Anyways, this president died, Hugo Chavez died in 2013, and everything has just fallen apart ever since. And uh, I passed through being a girl. I'm still a lucky girl, but I was very, very lucky before. Like, these four stars life to almost poverty. Like, wow. Like this. You snap your fingers, now you're poor. You're now you're poor. And not just me, like all my surroundings were like that. I was remembering this, this friend that I had. Uh, she told me, would you like to come to my house? She's, she was living abroad and she came back because of her mom. She lives here and she wants to be nearby her mom, who is uh, an old lady now. So you want to go, come to my house and drink whiskey with me? And I was, do you have whiskey? <laughs> and, yeah, and she said, yeah, of course. And I, I don't know if I like whiskey. And she said, why not? You're 30. You need to know what, what whiskey is. And I was like, that's awesome. No, I don't. Because when I was 30, when I was my, in my 30th birthday, I remember that I was looking for toilet paper. I know what it is like to come into a supermarket and see that there is no food. Wow. No food. You go, you pass through the alleys and there is no food. I know what it's like to eat rice and beans day and night. And I don't complain about it because it was hard. Things are a little bit better right now, just a little bit. But I realized how much do I have that I didn't need in order to be alive. Wow. And I still got the chance to build my career. I still got the chance to meet people. I still got the chance to be happy without things, without new clothes, without, I don't know, traveling or without having wine or, or olive oil on my cellar. I, I know what it's like to be happy without all those things. And uh, I also know what it's like to have your family disrupt during the crisis. And at first, I was feeling so victimized. Like my parents separated, my brothers left. I was studying here theater, so I, I wasn't thinking about leaving the, the school for living going abroad and start over. Even though I was living in, in this bad situation, I was feeling happy in my theater. So I was wondering, if I go abroad, would I find this? So I chose to stay. I chose to stay and all my friends left. All my friends. Like I said goodbye to like 30 people. I was feeling very, very much alone. But I opened my eyes and said, okay, I am alone. But I can let new people come into my life. 
and these new people arrived. I fell in love. I had new friends now. Uh, I met you. Yes, if I'm grateful I to meet you. Yeah, because I started to work online, and working online allowed me to meet people that led me to you. So all this crisis happened, but then you felt victimized. You found happiness, right? So you're still in the journey of happiness. I know that somewhere, I don't know how long ago, but you also had a really traumatic situation, um, you and your partner that you fell Yes. Yeah. In your life. I know it's a painful story, but it's, it's also something you said you've learned from it as well. More about yourself. I have and, yeah. Yeah. I have learned a lot from that experience. Well, in 2017, well, all my friends has left. My ex-fiancé has left oh, wow. with another woman. Too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> His ex-girlfriend. Oh, my. Wait, what happened? <laughs> he left without saying goodbye. It's like, I going, I am going out to buy cigarettes, and he never came back. Oh, my gosh. And you guys live together? No, yeah, oh we my. were living together. We were and uh, we... <laughs> Now I realized that things weren't working, obviously. And I had a, a part, a big part of responsibility out of that. Because, but anyways, it wasn't a good way to, of saying goodbye because he didn't. Anyways, I was very heartbroken back then. But then I met Victor, my partner today. And uh, we fell in love really, really quickly. And... Uh, I was working back then in the psychiatry clinic and I had to, uh, I was working as a yoga teacher of the patients there. And uh, this one time, so it was not exactly a civil war, but it was like a civil war scenario. You felt the violence yeah. and it was very violent on both sides. I, I never took part on any side because I didn't agree with the violence of the civilians. The civilians did a lot of bad things to people. So, but that is another story. The thing is that I was coming back from work to my house and all of a sudden this shooting started. A lot of people were with me. We were walking normally on the sidewalk. And we started to run and try to flee. I didn't know where to go because I was surrounded by these civilians and this National Guard thing. And I was so, so scared. And uh, I had to put my chest down a lot of times with a lot of other people that were with me. Not with me, but around me. Women, children, grown men. Like, it was a crazy thing. And all of a sudden, this homemade bomb exploded like two or three feet away from me. I, I felt the explosion in my chest, in my body, like, you know? Oh my gosh. I wasn't hurt at all. I, was, I survived like without a scratch. So I finally came home and the National Guard had spread all the tear gas to spread the crowd. And uh, the tear gas came into my apartment. I live in a sixth floor. I entered into my apartment. I was immediately started to cry, of course, and I couldn't like breathe. Two days later, I find, found out that I was pregnant. Oh my gosh. 
and I wasn't happy about it. I first, I didn't plan it. I, I was very much in love with Victor. I still am, but we were dating. We have been together for a month. I, knew, I didn't knew the guy, really. And I didn't have money. I didn't have only rice and beans in my cellar. And this war thing was going out outside. And I was so scared, so scared. I went to the doctor and still we grab a taxi and we had to do all these turns around the city to avoid the problems. And yes, the doctor saw me, he did the ultrasound, he saw everything was very good. And I was feeling so scared and so sad and so, so unready to do this job. My thought was, how can I bring this baby into this world? I have nothing to offer but violence and poverty. So I started to think that I had to abort. I wasn't planning it. I didn't perform anything on my body, but I just was thinking I had to abort. I will have to abort. And it happened. Spontaneously, I had this miscarriage. I'm so sorry. Thank you. The second it started, I started to bleed. I knew that I didn't want it to happen. I felt, I was very scared, of course, but I was like so desperate to, how can I explain this? I wanted to save it, the baby. Yeah. So it's I, interesting I how you didn't, didn't want it, but then this experience all of a sudden it changed your heart. So then you felt like, oh my gosh, I, how can I save it? How can I retract? Cause you felt something different. Wow. Yes. And well, um, doctor told me, told us, Victor was all the time with me that, well, this happens one in a five women has miscarriage. It's like you have a bag of apples and four of them are red and one is green. And you put your hand inside of that bag and I got the green apple. But I figure out that I want to be a mother. I have all this love inside of me and it doesn't matter what happens in the world, life is still going on and life is hope. And I, I know myself better. I know what I want now and I am ready to it. So you do want to be a mother someday. Yes, totally. That's beautiful. Totally. I will be so happy. Gosh, thank you for sharing. I think a lot of women could relate. Like you said, it's like one in five women and it's painful physically it and is. emotionally. Yes. And you know, you don't have a funeral. Yeah. You don't have like your family around you. You don't have support. You, you, you pass through that experience by yourself and the people you trust. But socially, you don't do the morning yeah, that's, thing. It's hard to process it. Do you feel like you're healing? Are you, have you healed? Yes. 
And now I try to make my thoughts more healthy because I think very inside of me, I don't feel guilt, but I do think that I kind of program myself to do this mistake. So you have to be extra careful with what you think because your thoughts make your reality. Wow. That is true. That is incredibly said. Is there anything else you want to mention about your journey? My partner helped me a lot. He grabbed me by the shoulders and told me, stop victimizing yourself. You are a smart person. You are healthy. You are skillful. You have to get the poverty out of your mind. And you have to use your brain and your talents to fulfill your life. And that single thing, it was very rough, but... It was like shocking, shock therapy. <laughs> tough love, tough love. I but realized, wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Like he's impacted you, not only like as your love, but truly like making you a better person. And I think that's true partnership is when you bring the best out of each other. Right. Absolutely. And I, I started to 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 gain more money. I started to live a better life. I just stopped victimizing. And noticing that the crisis was such a big opportunity to rebuild myself. That is. And I did. Yeah, I know. Gosh, the good and the bad. It's so beautiful, like, um, how you perceive everything now and who you've become and who you're becoming, right? Because we're constantly growing and expanding. Thank you for sharing your story. I want to ask you these three questions. So the first one, since you are an actress, you did conventional acting and then theater during the crisis. So I'm going to have to ask you, who's your favorite American actress? I have a lot, a lot. But right now, Viola Davis inspires me Mm. so much. She's She's so And I love that. Inspires you. I love it. That's amazing. That's a good choice. I think she's incredible as well. All right. And the next question, what's the biggest lesson you have learned in life so far? Just from your story. I know you've said so many things, but if you can say what's the biggest lesson you've learned. Your thoughts makes your reality. That's beautiful. The last question, what is your favorite quote? Okay, I have it here. It's in Spanish. Dice, sigues esperando que la situación cambie, porque todavía no te diste cuenta que la situación vino a cambiarte a ti. You are still waiting for the situation to change because you haven't still realized that the situation came to change you. And all of the world life right now, we are all together living this COVID crisis and we're waiting for it to stop. And probably you are the one who has to change. Incredible. Wow. That is like wisdom to last a lifetime. Well, you inspire me, by the way. <laughs> I, I'm so grateful to have met you and to continue our friendship. I'm grateful for um, you coming onto the podcast to share your story. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining in on my conversation with Maricela. If you liked what you heard, please tell your friends and hit subscribe. For show notes and more information about upcoming podcasts, you can go to www.hearttotalk.com or you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. I'll be back in two weeks.